the world has written a narrative of motherhood that's narrow and limiting. But that's not how motherhood was designed to be. We don't have to accept that narrative or stay in that confined space. As Christian mothers, we have the freedom to create a beautiful, fulfilling, and inspiring life for ourselves and for our families. We can live a life of purpose and vision in the midst of the confusion around us. I want you to move from being unsure to being confident as a mom. I want to see you let go of the overwhelm and guilt and embrace the freedom we have in Christ. Let's learn how to enjoy the life and the family we've been given. Let's create homes where faith can grow and hearts can be shaped for the kingdom. I'm Audrey McCracken, and welcome to Grace for My Home. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Grace for My Home. I am thankful to be back here with you guys today and excited for, you know, the week that lies ahead. I have a birthday coming up this week. I won't tell you how old I'm going to be, um, but I am very excited just to be alive. So um, we are going into the Thanksgiving holidays soon. I'm excited about that. I looked around the other day and thought I haven't put up anything that says fall. So I'm going to go get some of my decorations out and um, enjoy this season, right? I have a little boy that last night, he pl- I thought he played his last soccer game. Um, we, we've been in the throes of soccer for some time now with practices and games. But I found out last night that he made the all-star team, which he is thrilled about. But that means two more weeks of soccer. So, I, you know, I'm excited for him. But when I heard it, I did have mixed emotions. I can't lie. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. So I hope that you're having a great week. I hope that um, that you have things that you're looking forward to and people that um, that you're loving. But I wanted to talk with you today about... The heart, about our hearts. I wrote a blog post this week about issues of the heart, and I thought I want to touch on that for my listeners this week because I think it's so foundational. You know, my husband and I, we've been in ministry for many years. We, um, when, when we were married, before we were married, you know, we were in ministry together. We would go pray for people together, and, um, and, about 12 years ago, he became the pastor of our church where um, where the same church where I became a Christian and he was raised in that church. So we've been in ministry together for some time. It's so um, amazing to me that when pe- I, that when you see people come to Christ, you see people come to the Lord, you can almost always count on the Holy Spirit dealing with that person's heart. You know, we when we come to the Lord, Jesus comes into our heart and he moves in there. And, you know, we give him permission to to do things in there. You know, when Jesus moves into a heart, he starts remodeling. He starts, you know, moving some stuff around. And it doesn't always feel good. But he's doing it because he knows we need it. You know, you'll hear people say often, you know, well, he has a good heart or she has a good heart. Even they'll even say, I have a good heart. But the Bible doesn't say that. It actually says in Jeremiah that our heart is wicked beyond all things. Who can know it? 
And, you know, maybe that doesn't sound like a positive, encouraging message to you, but it's true. Our hearts left to their own devices are wicked. You know, we do not want, we cannot want the things of God, which is why we need God, which is why we need the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and to do his work. And so I've seen so many people when they come to the Lord, so many areas where God puts his hand on their heart and starts a work there. And this is a work that is to continue for as long as we are alive on earth. It starts in earnest when we become a Christian, but it never stops. It never stops. It's a continual process. God is in there and he's in our hearts. He's working in us. But sometimes as we go on with the Lord, we become less and less sensitive to the things he's asking or the things he's saying or the things he wants to deal with. And, you know, we get busy. And I have found that there are area, there are times in my life where I've been stuck. I've been at an impasse or been at a, frustrate, a frustrated point. And the Lord will, you know, I'll be like, Lord, what is going on? You know, what is going on here? And I'm doing the right things. I'm, you know, trying to be faithful. And you're just not helping me here. You're not, you're not cooperating with me, Lord. And there have been times where he's put his hand on my heart and said this. You need to deal with this. This is the obstacle. And it's been something that, you know, I I just kind of brushed off and I pretended wasn't a problem, but it was an issue of my heart. And so I want to just talk with you about what some of those issues can be. I want to hit on three big ones today. And I call them stones. There are three stones that I want to talk with about today. I want to talk about today that if they're in our hearts, they can cause us to not be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to be hardened in our hearts where we don't hear the voice of the Lord or we're not obedient the way that we were when we first believed. And there's and it's maintenance. We have to maintain our heart in a way that, you know, we're evaluating and saying, Lord, you know, if there's something in there that's keeping me from you and keeping me from obeying you, then deal with it. Help me get it out. But there, the three big ones that I want to talk with you about today, the first one is idols. And, you know, an idol is something that we worship, and we as humans are created to worship. You know, we are created beings. And God created us with a desire, a need to worship something outside of ourselves. And if we don't believe in God, if we don't believe in Jesus, if we don't know him, we're still going to worship. The whole world is worshiping something. Now, it may not be Christ. It may not be God, but we're all worshiping something. A lot of times we will worship things that we think will make us happy. You know, it may be a spouse or um, a life partner. It may be money. It may be a career. It may be our children. But we will put things on the throne of our heart and think, if I can just have this, or if I can just make this person happy, or if I can just do this, accomplish this, then my life will be complete. And when Jesus comes into a heart, he wants to sit on that throne. He deserves to sit on that throne. And he is the one, the only one that we should be worshiping. 
But we, but as we're going along, sometimes the Lord will put his finger on our heart and say, this has priority over me. And the best thing we can do at that point is acknowledge the truth and tear down that idol, bring it down and allow the Lord to do his work in our heart and put him in that place of priority. Now, that's a hard thing because we love these things. If we didn't love them, we wouldn't make them idols. But he wants us to love him more. So I just encourage you, search your heart. The Holy Spirit will show you, you know, if there are things that are competing for his attention and affection and his place of prominence in your heart, then yield and say, yes, Lord, take it. Help me. Help me to, you know, I have to do this often. You know, if there is something, Lord, that needs to be dealt with, then help me to deal with it. But I want my heart to belong to you. And guys, we can have all those things. You know, we can have the career and we can have the children and we can have the spouse and we can have the money and we can have, you know, all these things and they not be idols. But if they are an idol, then they are a hindrance for what he wants to do in our life. Amen. The second stone that I want to talk with you about are hurts or offenses. You know, we live in a world that it is not friendly to the heart. We are constantly bombarded with opportunities to be hurt with, um, you know, with offenses. There are so many opportunities to be hurt. And many of us are coming from broken homes, broken backgrounds. And those things mold our hearts and harden our hearts. You know, those hurts leave scars. You know, you can even make your hurts an idol. People do that all the time. And we have to allow Jesus to heal our hearts, to heal the hurts. You know, it's like if you have a broken heart, you have to trust Jesus with all the pieces so he can put it back together. If you don't trust him with all the pieces, then he's not going to be able to put it back together because you're holding the pieces away from him. And Jesus wants to heal your heart. If your heart has been broken, if your heart has been crushed, he wants to heal it. He is the the healer. And he cares about us. You know, he cares about our hearts. You know, we go through things sometimes before we're even old enough to make our own decisions. Things come at us. You know, we have an enemy and he wants to break our hearts. But Jesus came that we may have life and we may have it abundantly. And so I just encourage you today that if you have hurts, if you have unresolved pain in your heart, if you have offenses that have come up in your heart because of people who have knowingly or unknowingly tried to hurt you, take those things to Jesus and ask him to heal your heart. Say, Lord, there are wounds here that go deep and they're keeping me from enjoying the life that you've given me. They're keeping me from loving new people because the people that I loved before hurt me. So now I'm scared to hurt, to love people. He will heal that. He will help you. Now, I must tell you, it is not a slow process. It is a lifetime process. And it, it doesn't feel good often. It often hurts. You know, when you've walked through a door into hurt, then when you come out of that hurt, you've got to go back through that door often. 
And you got to go and face those things and acknowledge those things that hurt you. And they can be very painful. But I found comfort in knowing that when I went through that door the first time, I was not leaning on Christ. But now when I'm coming out of that room and I'm going out of this hurt, that Christ is holding my hand and he is going to lead me and he's going to heal me so I can be the person he's called me to be. And I just want you to know that we all, in some level or degree, have a broken heart, especially when we come to Christ. You know, when I came to him, I had some serious issues that I did not think were fixable. And when I look back now, many of the hurts that I thought were gonna, I was going to keep for the rest of my life, I know them, I recognize them, I see them, but they don't affect me like they used to. Because Jesus has put his hand on them. And he wants to do the same for you. The last and the final stone that I want to talk with you about today is unforgiveness. See, those hurts can often lead to unforgiveness. Because when our hearts have been hurt, when our hearts have been um, beaten up, then, and we don't know how to protect ourselves from those hurts, then often we will use unforgiveness as a way to protect our hearts. It's kind of like, you won't hurt me again. And we hold people in unforgiveness as a way of protecting our own hearts from the things they did from us, they did to us and the things that they may do to us again. But unforgiveness is our way of protecting our hearts. It's not God's way. And often I found that unforgiveness is like locking yourself up, locking your heart up in prison. We put this outer coat, this outer protect, protective coat around our heart, and we think it's going to keep the hurt out. But all it does is it locks us up with the hurt inside, and it locks Jesus out. See, he wants to come in and heal your heart. But if you're using unforgiveness to protect your heart, he can't get in there. I've even had family members who have I've I've heard say that to tell someone who's been hurt that they have to forgive the one who hurt them that that's gaslighting and it's cruel but these aren't my words Jesus said himself you know Jesus was crucified and innocent he was persecuted by those he healed and loved and he forgave them he said father forgive them they know not what they do and he said in Matthew 6:14 Jesus said, "For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins." So those are the words of of Jesus. He is saying you have to forgive. You have to let me deal with that person. Now don't get me wrong, forgiving someone does not mean putting your heart back out there for them to stomp. We can forgive someone and love them from a distance if they're not a safe person. But forgiveness isn't about them. It's about you. It's about your relationship with Jesus and allowing him to do the work in your heart so that you can grow and move on and take out that stony heart and replace it with the heart of flesh. God has good things. God has good things for your future. He has a plan for you and for for your life and for your little ones and for your big ones and you know he cares but we have to do it his way you know before i knew christ i did things to protect my heart that i can't do today 
Now I used tactics that are not that were not godly. And now I have to lay down my weapons and I have to lay down my ways and I have to trust that his are good. And I want to tell you, after serving him for close to 27 years now, they are good. They really they are really good. His ways are wonderful. You know, he he we if we have a hard, stony heart, then we can't hear him when he's calling us. We can't hear the voice of God. We can't enjoy the things he's given us because we're always on guard and we're often angry. And I don't want to live my life that way. And I don't think you do either. So I hope this has been an encouragement to you today. I hope this has been hopefully eye-opening to you today, or at least just a reminder to take an inventory of your heart. You know, if you're dealing with unforgiveness, then take it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I need your help with this. If you're dealing with hurts, say, Lord, I need you to heal me. I need you to heal this heart of mine. You know, if you're dealing with idols, say, Lord, I need you to help me to take this off the throne of my heart and put you there because that's your spot. That's your place. And I know you will and can and that the Holy Spirit will help you and me too. If you've enjoyed this today, if this has spoken to your heart, I want to encourage you to go to my blog, graceformyhome.com, where um, I write articles on similar subjects and also subscribe because I try to write at least once a week an encouraging message to those who are subscribed to my blog and I pray for you guys so if this has resonated with you if this is the kind of um, teaching and that you like to listen to and, and that that ministers to you I encourage you to go and subscribe to my blog graceformyhome.com and I'd like to pray for you today before um, before we go. Father, we thank you today for grace. We thank you, Lord God, that there's more than enough grace. And Lord, I know it's hard to talk about the heart because it's it's the very root of who we are. And to put when it's hurting and somebody puts their finger on it, Lord, it hurts. But I pray, Lord, that these precious ladies today listening, Lord, that they would trust you to do heart surgery on them today, that, Lord, you would take out the stony heart and replace it with your heart of flesh, and that they would enjoy the freedom that comes with that, Lord, that, Lord, it's so worth, they would know that it's so worth the freedom that comes and the healing, Lord, that they can have a life they never even dreamed or imagined when they let you heal their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. hope you've enjoyed this episode today and will join me here again next week. You can find more encouragement on my blog at graceformyhome.com. God bless. Bye-bye.